0: Hey Jamie, how's it going?
1: It's going all right. How you doing?
0: Sorry to make your wait. I had my uh, battery charger blow up on my—not blow up, just stopped working.
1: It's laptop. no problem. Don't worry about it.
0: You'll be happy to know, though, that because I had to go do this, I was able to help a little old lady with her gas cap.
1: Now that's nice.
0: You were a part of that, Jamie. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten ready for a podcast. I wouldn't have checked my battery. I wouldn't have needed to go to the Apple Store if it wasn't for you. <laughs>
1: Well, I, I'll take
0: that. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's pretty easy fix. Just had to fight my way through the mall and all that.
1: Ugh! I hate the mall. I'm probably the only girl you'll ever meet who loves clothes and hates to shop.
0: Well, that's a good combination.
1: (laughs) Right? In
0: In this day of the internet, you can just order stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. I actually have people at my stores that I like. Like, I go in, like, maybe twice a year and buy a bunch of stuff so they know me and so I can just order stuff. Like I can go like on the phone, I can call them and they like it if you do that because they get credit for the sale. If you call the store and order it from them and let them order it online for you. And so that's what I do. <laughs> and so like, if I ever have any returns, I just go to my local store and bring it. And it's nice. It's really easy.
0: Jamie, we're here to do West Coast projects, coverage of Mr. Robot. That's right. Season 2, Episode 8, Successor. How would you like this episode, Jamie?
1: I really freaking hated this episode. Why? Oh, God. It was just so dark, and it was hard to follow for me. And it just seemed like, I don't know, it just it seemed like one of those um, episodes that kind of doesn't really go anywhere. It kind of ties up stuff or answers things, and then... I don't know. I just pretty much hated it. Like, I, I didn't. I thought Angela was good um, in it. Um, I really hated the stuff that Darlene did. And it, it kind of hit me out of nowhere. Like, I don't understand, you know, what this was. I don't know. It's
0: just. Well, there's no Mr. Robot. There's no. Uh, <clears throat> sorry. No, Elliot. Right. Pretty interesting. That's the first time, I think, that we haven't seen those guys. That's correct. We have
1: this. Is, this is the first episode we've ever had that we have not seen Elliot in the episode, um, and I, I, you know, there's there's some um, reason to that because I think what they're doing basically is letting Darlene take over the group. Like that, this was her episode of like her, you know, rise to power, and I think it's like part of the the title of the episode. I think that's where that you know, like the title came from.
0: Maybe. She's going to be Mrs. Robot. Maybe. So, Jamie, the Internet is throbbing with theories again. Just okay. like at the beginning of this, this season when everybody wondered where the hell Elliot was. So let me run this one past you. Mm-hmm. How about Joanna training Derek, her boyfriend, to choke her just exactly the right way she wants him to choke her so she can frame him for Sharon Knowles' murder and then Tyrell can come back? Oh, dude. In other words, he's choking her the exact same way that Sharon Knoll's fingerprints are going to be on her neck. Right. So she can flip on him and Tyrell's in the clear.
1: Well, that you know what? That's really interesting. Um, it's very, very, very interesting. I think Joanna would have to... Well, actually, no, that's not the case. I was going to say, I think she would have to have seen the body in autopsy, but since... It was Tyrell who choked her. I'm sure she knows exactly how Tyrell chokes. Exactly. given that he is a DJ, he may have been DJing that party. So she could actually probably place him at the crime scene.
0: Yeah. And it was, I don't know, it's kind of a good theory, I think, because it it makes sense why Joanna's connected to this this lunkhead of a guy. I mean, why would she, the story about it, you have everything I don't have. And I, you know, I I want poverty and I want pureness. That's bullshit.
1: Yeah. I don't know if she wants poverty and pureness. I think she was, you know, she was saying that, um, you know, that, that, you know, all the great things that she had didn't make her happy. And, and that's true. She wasn't happy, but I'm, I'm with you. It just sounds like a
0: lot of bullshit. I don't know that that didn't make her happy, the stuff she had with Tyro. Okay, so, but they were always trying to get more, you know? Yeah, that's what makes them happy. They're striving to get more and more and climb the ladder. Hmm, probably. All right, um, another interesting thing, I think it was Sepinwall who said that without Elliot in this episode, it gave us a pretty clear picture of what, what life was like without him and while he was in jail, what everybody, el- what everybody else was essentially doing.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, So there's that. And then there's also like in the beginning, um, inside the, what is it, Ron's Cafe or whatever the hell, um, when Darlene starts to read that message, the one that was from Elliot, and she's like, oh, just, you know, don't blame me. It's pretty melodramatic. And she starts reading it. That was the beginning of like the voiceover that he did in the first episode of the first season. Like the premiere episode of the show.
0: Yeah, that's the flashback to the start of the little caper.
1: Yeah, but not a flashback in a way because we never saw any of that. Like the, all that stuff was um, the only thing that made us recognize, you know, the like close time was um, was the fact that Darlene was reading that,
0: you know. Well, and, and we rec- flashbacks are always stuff that they're never stuff that you already know. Or you might know a little bit about, but they clar- kind of clarify what you think. Okay. I do know. I thought it was cool. I like this first scene.
1: I, I liked it. I liked it. I, I did. I liked it. And I like the fact that, <laughs> that they showed um, Trenton, like, rooting dude's phone. Did you see that? Like, she hacked into Mobley's phone, and she was, like, installing a root kit <laughs> just that fast.
0: Like she was already all in his business. Well, it wasn't he pretty stupid as a hacker to hand over his phone like that? Well, okay, for so a like contest or whatever. Let's use faster. That's like, exactly what a yeah
1: b- yeah <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that was dumb. Like for him to do that.
0: No professional courtesy among hackers, Jamie.
1: I guess not.
0: <laughs> but Mobley was flirting. He was uh, hitting on Trenton pretty hard.
1: Yeah. So now I want to know if there's something between them.
0: Well, just a guy flirting on a hitting on a pretty girl. But
1: what if they have like a, you know, like a thing and we just don't know?
0: Mm, they didn't seem to. Maybe not,
1: but maybe because Trenton's all like, eh, and she doesn't, you know, she doesn't she doesn't seem like to be, you know, sort of a gushy girl. So I don't know. I really want to know if there's and I I'm going to hold out
0: hope that there's a romance. He's clever with her in this flashback. He's, it's funny because he's clever with her and then he almost blows it. He's clever by saying, Woo, whole milk, you must be a revolutionary. Right. <laughs> and then uh, I hate Apple, and she has an iPhone.
1: Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was just so cute and um, authentic sounding,
0: you know, because that's the kind of stuff people do. So we learned Darlene set this all this meeting all up, and the three of them are all to meet. And she explains this while she's using an E-Corp computer.
1: Yes, that i thought was really funny the
0: irony was not lost on me so it is back in this flashback it's thanksgiving but it, back to present time it's the 4th of july and they talk about an fbi that barenstein conference calls happening right um, and they hear the oh, they hear all the agents calling in and they can listen cuz they've gone through that femto cell deal where they hacked into their cell phones pretty clever it was very clever now, one part I didn't like, Jamie, was this video, this next scene of Darlene in the video. She's too She's too care, careless.
1: Yes, I was really irritated by that, too. Like, that was just stupid. And I just, I can't see her doing that. It just was so dumb. And you know it's going to come back. Like, there's got to be something, you know, that comes of that. And um, I... I just thought it was really bad.
0: Well, they seem to do some stuff that's relatively clever. Like, they're using some old-school camera that records VHS. So it's not, like, a live camera. They record it somehow. But she takes her mask off right right in front of the camera. Um, But anyway, the theme of the call is that they play the conference call that the FBI agents are having. And we learn some stuff. Like, three million Americans are under surveillance without warrants. And she she plays this for everybody to see, the public to see, and she says, "We'll destroy you. We're F society." And then uploads it to Vimeo. Why do you think they use Vimeo instead of YouTube?
1: Um, maybe it's more popular with hackers. Maybe YouTube is a lot better controlled. What um, do you
0: know, Jamie, that you're not sharing with us? <laughs>
1: I know if you go to Vimeo, you find a lot different video, um, you know, body of videos than you do. Like you... what?
0: Like how? How so? How different?
1: Well, okay. So, um, generally speaking, you get different people uploading stuff. Generally speaking, you'll get more stuff that is sketchy, that maybe shouldn't be up there, that maybe you know violates something, or um, you know has potential to cause issues. A lot of times, if you're looking for a video that um, is like popular, and maybe there's talk about it, but it's not out there anywhere, and you can't find it on YouTube, you can find it on Vimeo. So,
0: what kind of trouble have you gotten in, Jamie?
1: <laughs> All legit trouble.
0: All right, I won't <laughs> push it. So, um, yeah, so we learn we learn a couple more things that. The they also upload the transcript of all this onto WikiLeaks, so they're bringing WikiLeaks into this. Um, Mobley's worried about the Dark Army and Cisco, uh, and we find out this is all happening at Susan Jacobs' house. Yeah, well, their yeah, head, their HQ. We didn't know that up till this minute, did we? We did know that.
1: Yeah, we knew that because um, when I don't remember the episode number, but when um, they jacked up her house and made it start like you know talking back to her and stuff. Um, and she left town because she couldn't get her house to cooperate. That was why they had done it. Remember, they hacked into her. Yeah, house. I
0: remember all that, but I didn't. I never connected that. That then they moved in, moved in on it. Yeah, that's what I, they, I didn't know that. I mean, I knew that that's why they did that, but I didn't know that was like their permanent headquarters. Like they go there every day and do their do their meetings and their video uploads. And
1: yeah, if I'm not mistaken, I think Darlene is living in there.
0: Seems seems risky, right? This is two months
1: extremely risky. Like, I don't know who does something that damn stupid. And the fact that she could access the house and they didn't have any sort of surveillance, like set up like any kind of cameras or anything looking out onto the street in front of the house to see if her relatives might come by or repair people might come by or she might come by. That's just crazy to me.
0: Well, she does come by Jamie. She She does comes home while they're in there.
1: Yeah, and they don't see it, and they don't know, and she just gets in. It's just dumb.
0: So before we find out what happens to poor Susan, we go back to Angela in the karaoke bar, a bad karaoke bar.
1: Oh, God, yeah, the singing. Oh, man, the singing was bad.
0: (laughs) Uh, She's on a date with somebody she's really disinterested with.
1: Right. This is that dude. Remember that dude? He was the one from the bar. The last time she was there, he picked her up. He, he was like, hey, what's up? She went home with that guy. And then that's the time that we see her. She gets up after they do what they do. And then um, she's like sitting in his living room reciting her affirmations. And that's like the first time we hear her doing her affirmations. That's that guy.
0: Okay. I didn't recognize that guy. The plumber guy comes up. Steve, I think his name is from her dad's barbecue. He knows her. Somehow he's... We we, we may even have seen him before. But he says hello and then he turns super nasty to her.
1: Yeah. Who do you think you
0: are anyway?
1: Yeah. He said some nasty, awful things to her
0: about what she did to get to the top and all this other stuff. And she rips him back pretty good too, though.
1: Yeah, she did. Like at
0: 60 years old, that's the best you can come up with. You stick your hand in shit. He's a plumber. And I'm 27 with a six-figure salary. Yeah. Do you think this is true – this is Angela's true character or is she playing some sort of a role here? She's playing a role and that's why
1: you see her actually have to turn back and do it. Like when he first does this, she's speechless. Like she's stunned and injured by what he says. And she turns around to leave after he tells her off and he's done and he's you know going back to his, whatever he's doing at the bar – But then she turns around and says, hey, you know, and then she tells him, you know, you're 60 and this is all you've got, you know, a lifetime of of living or something. And and this is all you've got. And and then she tells him all the other stuff that you said. Um, So it was a comeback and it was a beat late because
0: it wasn't natural. She looks like a robot, Angela. She's got this thousand yard stare as she's thinking up the stuff. She's not even really listening to him. She's just processing what to do. It's creepy. She looks really creepy.
1: Yeah, she is really, um, she's upset. You know, I think part of it is the stress of knowing the FBI is kind of onto her without evidence, but onto her. And part of it is, um, you know, what she's doing has got to be taking a toll
0: on her. Yeah, I guess you're right, especially if she's playing a role here and she doesn't really want to these people? Her dad and her dad's friends, right? Calling him a loser at sixty. I mean, that—that's not a feel-good. Like, what do you get? What reward do you get out of that? Exactly. All right. So back at Susan's house, they—they've tied her up now at the pool, and left her there. And she starts yelling that she has to go to the bathroom, and they send Trenton down to go shut her up. Trenton's kind of the lowest totem on the totem pole <laughs> in their management structure. What do you think? Well. <laughs> I mean, Darlene doesn't go do it. She doesn't tell Mobley. She tells Trent. She tells Trenton to go do it. Yeah, I don't know. I know. I mean, why would Trenton? Okay, some more mistakes here. Why would Trenton cut her loose? She's she's gonna go. I guess let her go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. But if you're really doing this to a person, tying them up in their own house, you don't care that they have to go to the bathroom. Okay. Well, sometimes people do care.
1: Like if I had somebody prisoner. I would really make them comfortable.
0: <laughs> I would You would make them, them uncomfortable to, or comfortable?
1: I would make them comfortable. I like I would want them to I would probably have like couch cushions down there for her to sit on and you know like a glass of water and I would bring her food. You know, like I wouldn't want her to be uncomfortable.
0: Well, you know what they say, Jamie, on the other side of it, always kidnap girls. Because they eat less and they smell better. Oh God! <laughs> now I don't know. I don't know about making them comfortable, but if I got kidnapped, I'd want to be. You know, it'd have to be you, Jamie. <laughs> Jamie, my plate of cookies is running low. <laughs> I would totally bring you cookies, and I make awesome cookies. <laughs> well, Susan plays on the Muslim ISISness of Trenton. Yeah, that you're all animals, and kind of gets the jump on her, but overplays it and. But bashes her own head.
1: Yeah. Okay, so she was stupid um, to do that. I don't know why. I, there's got to be some sort of logic to doing something like that um, when you are um, you know, a captive to like being confrontational
0: with your captors. But I just can't. Anger. Well, These maybe- people are breaking into your house, living in your house. They tie you up in your own freaking house. You're mad. I mean, I'd be mad. I'd probably take my first shot. I guess. And she's an athlete. We saw her running all over the place. She's kind of got to be in pretty good even though we know she has a bad heart now. But she's still an athlete, so she's probably got to think, well, I can get the jump on this skinny little computer nerd. Probably.
1: You're probably right. But that was just awful. I mean, it was just really such an asshole thing to say. And, you know, I I wondered if she meant it. Because that's well, an I
0: have, asshole thing to tie you somebody up in their own house. Well, What's yeah, it? of
1: course it is. Of course it is. I mean, like, yes, clearly, you know, they are the ones who are infringing, and they're the ones who are breaking law. Um, you know, but this chick is not a sweetheart. She's not, you know, a victim. She is in a very practical sense, but she is really not a, a decent
0: person. She's madam executioner. <laughs>
1: Right. You know, and, and so, okay, so she's not a good person or a decent person or a kind person, um, or even a very moral person. And, um, you know, but that just what she came out with, you know, I had a visceral reaction to it. Like I thought it was just, it was so awful. I've got a, I don't, you probably know this already, but I have a big, big, big heart for justice. And, you know, that was below the belt, like way below, (laughs) you know, even though they were in her place, that's just like, why would you do that? Why would you say that to somebody? Yeah.
0: But I think anything goes, if you're tied up in your own house, you can say anything you fucking want to the person who tied you up and get, yeah,
1: yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. I just, I don't know. I hated it. And it just, it made me
0: think about politics, like real politics (laughs) and uh, She's whacked on the head pretty good and needs a hospital, but they don't take her to the hospital. Yeah, which was dumb
1: move number two. Like, seriously, if you've got the woman and she's, like, knocked out, here's what you do. She's knocked out. Go and put her, like, on a
0: street corner. Put her in the trunk of your car. Drive her, you know, to the hospital. Do something. They can't do that. What if she wakes up and she says, hey, these guys are in my house?
1: Yeah, okay. So she, is she going to remember them?
0: You yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I guess. I, the only
0: course of action is Susan's dead once she walks into this. Unless they try to all run, which that's the end of the story if they do that.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: All right, Angela's back at karaoke now singing Tears for Fears, Welcome to Your Life, There's No Turning Back, that old song from the, I think, the 80s?
1: Yeah, that's the
0: 80s. Um, and while she's singing it, they show F Society dudes examining Susan's stuff. Her email, her phone, and they're looking for stuff to black. I guess that's their plan to blackmail her to keep her right. quiet. Which I don't know about that panning out. By the way, Jamie, uh, we do another podcast on the West Coast Project Podcast Empire called <laughs> "Halt and Catch Fire," and we saw Bosworth singing as Sinatra. Really, uh, really, really good karaoke version of Sinatra singing. D- you didn't watch that episode yet?
1: I don't. I don't. Um... I don't watch Halt and you Catch don't watch
0: Fire. You know, watch Halt and Catch Fire? He's doing he does a really good Toby Huff is the actor. He does a really good Sinatra. And he's just doing it at a party. It's not really karaoke. He's just he's just doing it at the beginning of a party. Oh. But anyway, I would I was saying that I think he wins the karaoke contest of the week as Sinatra over Angela's Tears for Fears here.
1: I don't even have to have seen it to know that he definitely won because that was just bad. It was it it was good in the sense that it was really raw and emotional and her acting was beautiful and nuanced and just very, um, you know, like you could see the emotion. She really looked and seemed as though she'd been crying. And I don't know. I loved it. I loved her acting in the scene. But the she's a
0: good actress. Portia Doubleday Yeah Oh yeah She's a really good actress I just don't like Angela
1: I don't like Angela either But I don't think We're supposed to like her Who do you like on here? Like Which characters do you like?
0: Uh, I like Mr. Robot
1: All right, So I like Mr. Robot When he's not being an asshole I like him when he Is Elliot's dad
0: Yeah I don't know I like I like Elliot Uh, I don't really need To like people though To like this show I guess.
1: That's true, that's true I'm just saying, because, I mean, I like the show
0: But I don't like a lot of these characters So, um, does Trenton find the password or does Darlene find it? I think it's Darlene She, she either finds it or she just knows a couple things to guess really quickly No,
1: they found it on a post-it on Oh, the- that's
0: right, that's right I'm thinking of later in this episode where she finds uh, Cisco's password Oh, okay Yeah, she finds a little card yeah, And it's Darlene? I thought it was Trenton. Uh, it doesn't matter. I find a little card, though, and um, cuts back to Angela singing, and she flirts. She's pretty wasted now, too. She's getting pretty drunk. And she finds Duck Phillips, the old madman guy at the bar. He's, he's the older guy that comes up. Yeah. for I don't know his name in this, but it's Duck Phillips on Mad Men. OK, he's a drunk. He's funny. He's a drunk on Mad Men and he's a demon to younger girls on Mad Men. He was Peggy. He was after Peggy, the secretary. Okay. Um, and now he's after Angela. And Angela is into these older dudes. Yeah, it's weird. So we come back to Dominique inter- interviewing Mr. Jones. She's showing him the bullet shell of a i guess it's the it's the lawyer is Mr. Jones. Um, okay. The bullet shell of his client's gun. The bullet shell they left behind bullet oh, yeah. casing
1: yeah okay so yes okay so the, you remember this guy right this is the guy that Darlene slept with that's the guy that she. he's got this beautiful penthouse and it's a, like in this huge high rise that's from season one and after she sleeps with him and they apparently have this relationship where they have sex and he's the one who put down the rule that they couldn't talk about you know serious things when they were together because she's such you know she's so like how she is and then she stole his gun she guessed his password um, just from like trying to guess like just picking out things um, that she knew about him and she ended up guessing it from like his I don't know like his college graduation year and something else that was like lying around and his, she stole his gun out of his safe and that's the gun that that shell came from
0: Okay. Yeah, thanks for remembering that. I would have never remembered that. <laughs> uh, so this dude is the lawyer? Right. Yeah, okay. So back to Susan Jacobs, because uh, we're jumping all back and forth, back and forth. But back at Susan's house, she's tied back up. Darlene visits her with the taser and says kind of mockingly, let's keep this friendly. She's waving the taser around. Susan says, I need a doctor. And, instead, Darlene gives her a cigarette and mock, mocks her nice place. And Susan does get a little defensive here. Like, hey, I worked hard for what I have, you bitch. Um, She's mad. I mean, I'd I'd be mad. I can see why she's mad. Um,
1: I mean, okay, so I get it. I just don't think she has any real place to, you know, if you look at her, you know, 3D, you know, in the universe, you know, her existence. I don't know that she's got any room to complain. But that's, you know, that's a kind of a moot point because, you know, clearly she's being held captive in her own home.
0: Right. Yeah, you're right. On the street, in in neutral ground, she has no right to talk like that, but here anything goes. So Darlene says, we had to look at your emails to blackmail you. Uh, She knows something about a Petraeus email scam. And Darlene had seen her back on the news when she was a little girl, back when she was four. Right, but did
1: you hear that part that she said? When she was talking about that, she said, That um, she shouldn't be like basically playing footsie with um, with um, the you know, with the the legal entities or the the, like the judges in the cases that she tries. And so this is the thing that kind of brings to light the fact that this woman is not winning cases because she's so, quote unquote, good at what she does. It's because she's unethical and she's making deals behind behind the, the scenes.
0: Yeah. She says behind a sea of suits. I saw you laughing with all those other lawyers. Right, four and, little, year, little four-year-old me noticed You're right, nobody else saw it She I... makes a parallel here to Angela and the plumber Like I was a little girl and I saw what you were up to And now I've taken down your company Like I've risen now to be beyond you and better and more powerful than you Now I've taken down your company and taken over your home and now I have you mm. Where do we go from, her- from here, Susan says And Darlene essentially kills her Zaps her with the taser and she falls into the pool yeah, Trenton looks pretty horrified by this, and Mobley just starts laughing. And Cisco, I couldn't see what he was. He looked kind of neutral, I guess. But um, they, we, I guess, we have to figure out who knew that she had the heart condition. Well, they all knew,
1: and Darlene certainly knew because when they were going through her email, there were all those emails that were saying things like "living with a pacemaker" and everything. I mean, it's completely legitimate that every single one of them. Realized that And for Darlene to say Oh well I didn't see those emails It's kind of It's disingenuous I I don't think it rings very true
0: Yeah Darlene's a killer Yeah, She's a murderer Yeah she's she's pretty bad So she sends Trenton and Mobley away So she and Cisco can wipe down the house Now if you were Trenton or Mobley Jamie would you leave and let this crazy Murderer woman Take care of all the evidence That may implicate you later on Or would you stick around and make sure it gets done?
1: I would probably stick around and make sure it gets done. Because that, it's like what you're saying. I mean, Darlene just did something that a a normal human being would never do. And and she's clearly off her rocker. They know Elliot's crazy. That's a sister. I don't know how much I would trust Darlene to make sure my prints are gone. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I mean, ah.
0: Yeah, because she could could just say, as soon as they walk out the door, she could say to Cisco, let's go burn this whole thing down and just go on a suicide run and not wipe anything down and leave tons of evidence everywhere. That's right. Who knows what she's going to do? Exactly. Um, It does look like she's trying to set up some sort of a plan, though. She sets up the while I'm away email on Susan's computer, uh, which will probably work a little bit, but I don't know, about 20 days.
1: Yeah, that's. They're already noticing that she sh- she's gone for an unusually long amount of time. You know, her coworkers are already noticing that. We heard last episode when they were having that meeting, um, the catered meeting where the guy ordered the shrimp cocktail for Angela. They noticed then and said, "You know, you know, the economy's got to be in the shitter if um, this chick is on vacation." So she's already been gone, you know, an unusual amount of time.
0: Yeah. So that's a weird slice of time that kind of gets cross threaded into this. That had already happened. And now this is the present. But this is happening now.
1: Oh, wait a minute. Wait.
0: You're right. Because last week they did say that Susan's on vacation. They, you know, they must have seen that email. Right. And here we are seemingly into the future with what's happening. But it's really had to have happened before that conference call. That's right.
1: Because this is not the future. This is not the future. She should have been back at work. But that's why they said that. See, last week was ahead of this. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. That fucking messing with time, man. No,
0: last week. Well, Well, then how did the email, how did they know she was on vacation if they didn't have the email?
1: Right. That's what I'm saying. Like this week tells us what happened to make last week happen. Yeah, yeah, I, I hate this stuff so much. I don't. And, see, and mm-
0: we've already had a f- real flashback this week, so this isn't really. This is like a quasi flashback. It's
1: fucking weird, and I I really wish they would stop doing this stuff. Like, just let me get my head straight for like a week and a half.
0: <laughs> well, that's uh, that's Mr. Robot, Jamie. I guess. Ugh. What is your mind? <laughs> or whatever the name of the title song is.
1: Where's your mind? Where's, Where's
0: your mind? <laughs> yeah. All right. Mobley and Trenton uh, on the train platform now. Trying to think about what to do next. Do we leave? What do we do? And Mobley's peacing out. He's out of here. Peace, Trenton. <laughs>
1: Looks uh, like yeah. he's he's bailing. Yeah. I mean, and he would have been gone. What he, the, the mistake he made was going home. You know, if you're going to be like an anarchic, kind of, you know, hacker who brings down everything in the world. Have a go bag, dude. Like, don't need to go back to your place. <laughs> you know, if, if, if it seems like, you know, like the FBI is going to get you, <laughs> don't go back to your place. That was so dumb.
0: <laughs> so we go back now to Susan's again, and this time she's floating in the pool under the water, and Cisco and Darlene consider... Uh, they talk about what to do Cisco offers my guys, like meaning the Chinese, I guess the dark army guys. Yep. Darling shuts them down mm -hmm. and, uh, they leave on the train with the Susan luggage, the subway or the train. And then they meet that pet shop geek where they let the dogs all go. Was that first season?
1: Okay. So there are a couple of times that, um, there was an experience with that dude, um, But, yeah, part of it was the dogs being all let go, and that was first season. And then the other one was where they used it to destroy all those hard drives and equipment and hardware, like, all the other kinds of, like, hardware stuff. Um, After they did the whole move and they, they, like, they um, brought down, you know, the economy, destroyed all the debt, they used that um, incinerator
0: to destroy the hardware. Well, a guy with a giant furnace comes in handy. Yeah, it's a good friend to it's, have. It's like a friend with a pickup truck.
1: That's right. If you're going to murder people and
0: bring down the world's economy, always know somebody with an incinerator. And it's even better that it's like a pet. It's a pound. It's the humane society or the pound because it's probably less regulated than like a mortuary or something for sure. Oh, speaking of which, do you remember that story about that dude in Georgia
1: who like this is a bunch a bunch a bunch of years ago, but he um he had a crematorium, he owned a crematorium, and he was not burning the bodies. he was like dumping them um like outside of his crematorium, like in the forest that was next to it, and then they discovered like all these bodies of people. Who were supposedly cremated, and then they ended up having to—they investigated the student. Now he's in prison, but they tested the like the stuff that was given to people and told they were told that that was their loved ones, and it was just like burnt wood and leaves and
0: like sand and, I mean, people are bad. Yeah, that's semi creepy, and it's very um, you know it's not honest as business goes. But who the hell cares when you die? You know, I've, I've heard stories of people move bodies. When they move, they move the body of their loved one to, like, the same part of the country they move to so they can be near it. <laughs> that's that, When you're dead, you're dead, man. Your body, <laughs> or even if you have a soul and that's where your religious, your belief, it's got nothing to do with that vessel, that body, you know. That's It's right. just back to earth.
1: Right. Yeah, I mean— yeah, I'm with you on that. I don't believe in shipping bodies places and, you know, <laughs> and, um, you know, doing special things. I, I don't know. I, you know, I, I can understand going to, you know, visit the graveyard or something if you just want to feel close to your loved one. But your loved one, it's not there. It's, you know, and, and if they are, you're not going to. I don't know. I don't get it. It's not my thing.
0: So they pay the student two thousand dollars in e-coin, Bitcoin, e-coin, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Roast okay, so uh, okay. Porch Season and the Cremator.
1: There are a bunch of um, Easter eggs in this episode. And um, that's one of them. And um, like if you did the, if you did like the, if you read that code, it would take you to a certain website. And um, there are a bunch of links and things in this episode that um, take you places. I will send you the links, and you can
0: post them in the show notes. Yeah, you can follow all. There's all kinds of Easter eggs all through this whole series. If you follow that code and go to those URLs, you can find clues, and you can get other sites, and you go to other stuff. And, like, one site was giving away Mr. Robot hoodies to everyone that made it to the final destination. So um, Mobley has a pizza, pizza delivery guy check the store. And there's nobody weird inside, but then he wants pizza from the guy. That was funny. Mobley and Trenton. Trenton suggests moving to her father. And uh, Mobley goes home. This is where he goes home and packs. That was just the weirdest scene in,
1: in um, Trenton's house. I just thought that scene was so very uncomfortable. Like, really weirdly just way too warm you know like the lighting was so gross like golden yellow and it was supposed to be warm because you know yellow is that the light of warmness in um in uh in television and movies but it just seemed so oppressively dark and heavy the
0: atmosphere her house always has that affectation it looks nice but it is not nice okay like it looks warm Even when they made fun When Darlene threw the Koran away Like it was a Mademoiselle magazine Right That looked warm and really cozy But it was not It was like It was uncomfortable
1: Okay So I've got to say That I think it's on purpose Like the way that they're shooting it Gives us that feeling because of the way that they shoot the entire series. It's always the camera angles mean something. The lighting and all that
0: stuff means something.
1: So I think it's on purpose. It's a fake out. Yeah, it's kind of a fake
0: out. Because Trenton never appears happy. No. She yeah. always seems like oppressively worried or nervous or something. And, yeah. and she especially seems that way when she's at her, at her own home. Right. You're right. But that was a bit of black humor, wasn't it?
1: And she's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe we should move. <laughs> and yeah. No, oh, no, no. We're not going to worry about that.
0: <laughs> so Mobley sees the, no- he sees the car outside. Here's the knock. The FBI is at his place. Yep. So next he's in front of Dom and the agent. And uh, Dominique says, we're going to talk and you're going to listen. And you're going to help us save- solve the 5-9 case. Mm. Uh, and he- she says, Leslie Romero. You do know your friend was found murdered and she shows him the DJ Mobley poster, all the stuff she found at Romero's mom's place. So then she says something, Jamie, about I felt the same way about Mobley ends up just saying, look, I want a lawyer. (laughs) Lawyer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, lawyer. (laughs) Dominique and the FBI guy talk about the leak call, the femtocell intercepted call, conference call. Now a bunch of people are getting fired, Jamie. Operation Bernstein is dead. Um, And holding Mobley for 12 hours and then letting him go does not look good. It doesn't look good for Mobley, and it doesn't look good for the FBI. I think for Mobley, the problem for him is it looks like he's told them something. If he's been caught and then let go. Like, I would not want to be Mobley in front of the Dark Army or whoever else might be coming after those guys. Or Darlene, even. Yeah, Darlene's becoming as ominous as the Dark Army, huh? Well, I mean, she's
1: worse. She's killing
0: people. Well, they're killing people, too. Dark Army? Yeah, remember the machine gun? Oh, yeah. Forgot about that. So Molly's on the streets now. He seeks Trenton out and sends her a text. He seeks her out by texting her. We're burned. Uh, And then he wipes the phone data. Was that a special program that, like, like a Snapchat for text that wipes the text away after 30 seconds?
1: Yes, it is.
0: So they really uh, have that?
1: Oh yeah, it's a real app and it really works. Um I think it's called Wicker. And it's um it's exactly that. Like you when you have the app on your phone, you can set the um uh, the the frequency um by which it destroys all of your texts. And so it just does it on the regular, and everything is encrypted, and it's very, very extremely secure.
0: All right, now we see Trenton packing. She says goodbye to her mother. I'll be back later, which I tend to doubt. Uh, And We see Mobley in Manhattan ducking into a subway. Uh, On the run, essentially. They're both on the run. Yeah. All right. Darlene's in bed now at Cisco's place and she's we hear the shower in the background. She's making sure he's in the shower and talking to him while he's in there and looks at his laptop. And then she hears where she guesses or f- hacks his, his password.
1: Wait, before you do that, that um, black guy, when he's talking to Dominique um, and, and he says, I'm not going to lie, I Kind I got hurt. And then she's still trying to get information. He's trying to talk about his feelings. And then she's all like, you know, um, did she never talk about F Society, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he says, she hasn't given up anything since you first put me on her. She she bailed on me for some old dude at the bar. And then she's Dominique's like, a contact? And, and he says, I think she's just into old dudes. <laughs> so like his entire conversation... Is coming from the point of view of some guy who's hurt, like his feelings are hurt because he liked her. And she's just like, whatever, dude. She's just like, you know, using him and moving on to her old guys. And uh, so he's done. He's, you know, he's emotionally spent over
0: Angela. And Dominique's <laughs> just trying to do her job and get, like, okay, was he a contact? Was he related to the case? How does what, he fit in? What
1: he gives a damn about his feelings? <laughs> Poor guy.
0: So at the scene with Cisco and Darlene, Cisco's in the shower, she's looking, she gets into his password, gets into his laptop pretty quickly, so, uh, and we see Chinese letters and a web URL, and do you think, Chi- now Darlene's spoken Chinese before, right? No,
1: I haven't heard Darlene speak Chinese, I was surprised to see her reading it and understanding it, like, like that was a surprise to me, I didn't know that she could read Chinese.
0: Why do I think I've seen her speaking Chinese before?
1: You, you may be right, and I may be not remembering something, but I don't recall ever, like, seeing her do that.
0: Well, maybe. I mean, are they trying to show with how quickly she got in this computer that it she's so skilled at hacking that we don't even need they don't even need to show us how she does it. I don't think so.
1: Um, his computer. I don't. I don't think it was. Um, Locked because it was showing like a search engine screen, I think. Showing a password screen. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. I don't know. Um, maybe, I don't know. Or maybe she just knows his password. I mean, they used to, you know.
0: Well, she gets through all that and then she sees the message stage two is about to begin. Yeah. The dark and Army some- st- stage yeah. two.
1: Right. But aren't there some other messages on there too? Like stuff, like he said something like, I've got her in my place and. Um, there's some other stuff that he says that makes it sound like he's setting Darlene up Ah. and that's why this happened. I didn't
0: notice any of that. That maybe explains this bat scene. Yeah. But, um, before that we see Trenton really quick at the, at the coffee house texting Mobley.
1: Yeah. So what the hell was Okay. So that she was texting Mobley. I think so. I didn't know who she was texting. I didn't know what was going on. Like, I was wondering who she was texting. And then I was like, what does this have to do with anything? And why is she looking so paranoid and waiting? And, you know, what the hell? And
0: um, you Well, know. Mobley just texted her, we're burned. So I she's probably getting... That's probably that text conversation. They're both on the run now. And okay. wouldn't you try to stay close to somebody? if you If you were both on the run from somebody, I don't know. I'd probably want to try to hang with somebody.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah.
0: But, um, it looks like that's what they're doing. Um, huh. Cisco gets out of the shower though. And it's like, yo, what the fuck? Bam. He's slugged with a bat. Yep. And, uh, that's the end of the episode. Yeah. All right. So, uh, some stuff's developing here. Jamie stuff's moving forward pretty quickly. Yeah. Or moving backwards and forwards. <laughs> <laughs> the time
1: the name of the episode tells us you know what we were supposed to take away from it which is that Darlene has taken over the operation she's the new godfather but what's going to happen when Elliot comes back I don't know Elliot doesn't seem to be so motivated by this cause at the time for the time being. not though. anymore I yeah know. you're
0: right yeah so I guess we'll see next week next week is init 5 like initialize 5 uh, we saw In It 1 was the fourth episode mm-hmm. So uh, In It 5 must be stage 2 Who knows I don't know Alright Jamie, uh, how do people reach you? Do you have any new sh- shit you thought you wish you said?
1: No, I'm working on it. <laughs> All right. Probably by the time you put this up. No, no, probably by next week I'll have some new stuff up. This
0: is the perfect series for that because it is so hard to follow this damn thing. It
1: is so damn hard to follow. And I've got lots of thoughts. I haven't had time to type, but I'm typing today. So we'll see how far I get. But um, but yes, it is um,
0: wishisaidthatshit.com.
1: And then I'm also on Twitter and I'm at wordgirly.
0: And I'm at Scathing tweets. So, Jamie, until next week, in at five... Awesome. We'll see you then. Alright, bye Mike. Bye.